Hi, I'm Tom Scholey, co-writer and artist of Transformers vs. G.I. Joe and creator of American Barbarian, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Stealth mode again. Big surprise, right? They never saw us coming. Never. It's a special week, I think. It probably is. It is. Not probably. Okay, all right. They're getting they're getting us twice this week. A lot of people are like, damn, my 401k's in the shitter, but that's all right, because I got EOC. Isn't that the way it right. should be, though? Mm-hmm. Right? Focus on the important things. You can always eat. Plenty of soup kitchens. <laughs> yep. Are there, though? <laughs> are there, though? Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 780. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am James Howlett. Nice. Why? What's the reason? Oh, that new Wolverine thing? Mm-hmm. Mayhap? Mayhap. Mayhap. But you're not James Howlett. You're Jason Wood, everybody, on this special surprise episode. We got stuff in store. And you know what else they have in store? Discount comic book service. Terrible segue. I'm very sorry. DCBService.com has the books you want at the price you want to pay. I'm guessing that this is probably the last time I'll be saying this. Yeah? No, I won't. Because, yeah. But anyway, go to Discount Comic Book Service. Here's some stuff you can get for not a whole lot of money. From IDW, we got Godzilla vs. Power Rangers, number one of five freddie williams and cullen bunn at the helm of this thing 3.99 cover price ha 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 you're giggling because you know that you're going to get it for half that a dollar 99 from image we have zvrc which is a really abbreviated way of saying zombies versus robots classic this is a four issue miniseries of which this is the first my man ashley wood 3.99 cover price you get it for a dollar ninety nine. That's fifty percent off. It's a trend, and this one will break it. Uh, last but certainly not least, from Seven Seas, the Witches Complete Collection Omnibus from Daisuke Igarashi. Twenty bucks on the cover. You're drawing a big red X through it because you know you're not going to pay that. You're going to pay thirteen ninety nine. That's thirty percent off. DCBService.com. Go there. Just take a look around. You're going to save a whole bunch of money. And you'll be a happier person. You won't need a soup kitchen or a 401k. You can just eat the paper. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's pulpy. It's like, it's like oatmeal. Got a big-ass box yesterday from DCBS. My Saturday. last? Uh, my, to Saturday. Re, like, my, massive. Like, yeah. Like shipping. Like, like, and you know why? Two omnibuses. Probably more, if I know you. No, no. It was the... That beautiful, beautiful, absolute Kirby Fourth World Volume Two. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. What? I didn't get it. No, I have to. Why, I have these issues. Why do I want? That? Yeah, but yeah, but this this is that shelf porn though. That like I Kirby know. being treated the way he should be treated. I know. Yeah, it, it's nice to have. It really is. Slipcase, die cut, spot varnish, all in one package. Forget mm. about it. Don't smell though. Doesn't smell like that musty basement smell that should accompany those comics. Mm. 
But anyway, to each his own, right? Uh, to each his own. Speaking of, what are we drinking, fellas? Well, I'm drinking Polar 100% Natural Seltzer Ruby Red Grapefruit. Hmm. To my Sound- yeah, it sounds good. Um, uh, well, I might as well just get it out. Uh, I'm drinking black and tan. <laughs> Sorry. It's, we, somebody brought a case, and it was there, and I'm drinking it. I, don't, I, I can't let it go to waste. That's the thing. Whenever we have a, a get-together, someone will inevitably bring Yingling. Because of it's the local dude, yeah. Because the a lot of people that are allies in most assets of their lives will will fuck up a Chick Fil A sandwich. So everyone yeah. has their little their little spots that they. Yeah, I got to say that sauce is dangerous. Cause I've never had Chick Fil A, never will, but I've heard it's quite good. Well, they sell the sauce in like WalMarts and others, and you can uh, also make the sauce. Yeah, but uh, I think two weeks ago. She brought home three bottles of it, and there's only a half a bottle left. Like, that sauce is ridiculously Oof. addictive. Yeah. My son just squirts it right down his throat. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean. So, so yeah. I, 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 w- I was, uh, the other night, I was like, oh, I got to cook something because Beth and the kids had eaten something I wasn't going to eat. So, I'm like, oh, I'll make some pasta. My man, my man Ray, shout out to Onomar, had sent me some GF products that he and his wifey love because they're GF. And uh, he sent me this delicious pasta. So I'm like, oh, I'll make some of that pasta, make a little sauce. I'm like, wouldn't mind a little meat though. I need some protein. Didn't have any the didn't have any any meat in in the that wasn't thawed. So I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. So Beth's like, oh, we just got some. I just went to the deli today. I got fresh prosciutto. Why don't you cook that up and then put that in the sauce? And I'm like, eh. She's like, hey, give it a try. Of course, I mean, why? How, how, of course, I'm not. I should know better than to doubt her. Seriously, so I, I pan, I pan fried up a little bit of a uh, of prosciutto, put that in with the pasta, a little bit of avocado oil, some diced tomatoes. Oh my god, it was divine! Wow, nice. Sounds good. It was really good. That's great. I bet you Dap has something really good. Dap hasn't been posting cooking pictures lately. Motherfucker used to cook every day. Now he's like MIA. He doesn't post anything about cooking. That's really, yeah. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, just because it's been. Um, I should have last night because I um, I made uh, baked gnocchi with uh, ground turkey. Oh damn! Which was really fucking I would, good. I would have um, fucked up that ground turkey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's our go-to for everything these days. But um, no, it's it's been uh, it's kind of just been low-key, nothing nothing too fancy, but still still super tasty. Tonight was just turkey burgers because I wanted to do something quick so we could chill before tonight. But um, I'll do um, I'll do something. I'm, I'm going to do um, shrimp and rice noodles tomorrow night. So I'll and then I got some tofu pressing. So I'll make the crispy tofu Wednesday. So you'll you'll get some photos this week. All right, word up and. Uh, Tonight is a uh, super freaking tasty uh, whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, if if you people out there like anything, it seems like you like structure mm-hmm. uh, and you like lists. Just enough though, like they don't they don't like us to be completely formulaic because then they complain. 
But you're yeah, right. They like a it, little bit of little scaffolding. Yeah, little but it's kind of like we like what we like until you do what we don't like, then we don't like it. That's true. But we get it. Um, so in in the spirit of the structure, the list, um, we came up with another. Well, it originally was the top five, and Mr. Jason said, "Nah, let's do top ten. So he sent us all into a tizzy, and but we did it. We 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 cobbled together our top ten comic book novelties. Let me explain. It's the things that publishers devise to keep us suckers, or we suckers. No, keep us. Us is the right. To keep us suckers buying their products. And that could be a whole mess of things. When when you take a look back on the uh, breadth and width of publishing, they've tried a lot of kooky gimmicks, um, both cosmetic and editorial, uh, and artistic, right? Which would fall under the cosmetic, I, I uh, admit, just to get us to keep buying these things. So I think this was a cool little exercise. Uh, it's definitely going to be tuned to the time you started reading comics, I guess. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I think tried so. to be a, a little more holistic in my approach to this. Well, I took a personal approach because the things oh. that I love the most just so happened to come from the time when I first started reading. Gotcha. Yeah. I also didn't factor in my personal like enjoyment of these things. I kind of tried to pick the 10 I thought were the most important. Okay. Um, there well, are... I, have to, I mean, yeah, there's no nothing wrong with either approach. I'm just right. I, I was like, I, I came up with a bunch and then, then ranked them and, and stopped at, at the 10 I thought were the most significant. Right. I totally discarded some things that other people find very valuable. Uh, unfortunately, well, I don't, so I didn't include mm-hmm. them. It'll make for a, a more interesting conversation because we won't have all we won't have a uh, each of us having eight or nine of the same lit thing on the same list. All right, number ten. Let me start. Mm-hmm. It's your idea, Boo. In the bottom tier, my number ten is catch 'em all coupons, like the Valiant in the Image. Collect X amount of coupons, mail them in, you get a free zero issue or whatever it is um image did it um i thought they were a cool idea i didn't participate in the image one but i did in the valiant one um again it's just a way that uh these publishers kept you on the hunt for their books and i thought it was a really neat idea until it wasn't right (laughs) um i guess you could include the uh wizard coupons right where you would mail them in for a free a wizard one half or a zero or whatever so yeah uh coupons are my number 10 i i didn't uh i didn't have coupons on my list and and i don't think i really ever did that for comics but you just gave me a flush of nostalgia for back in the day when you could collect points and mail in for toys like i i was all about that with the gi joe's you could, you could, you know, you had like certain. You could, you could collect enough of the points off of the backs of the cards, and then right, uh, and then mail in. Like I know there was a, a mail in Cobra Commander. There was a refri- uh, refrigerator Perry. There was a, a Major Blood. Uh, yeah, there were a bunch. Uh, so that was yeah. super fun. Nothing was worse than a toy line that had points on the back of the card, and then never capitalized on it. Like never had a mail in. 
there was oh, a there, yeah there was a number of toy lines that did that they had points on the back and then it never amounted to anything and i had a an envelope full of these stupid points and nowhere to redeem them mm-hmm. yeah mm. that's a cool one jason well, I mean, it was yours, not mine. I'm just saying, like, I, I no, I mean a cool, cool reference. The the GI oh, Joe. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I uh, I actually never mind. So I'm just gonna throw. I I have one I could piggyback on top of Vince's, but I want to rate that one higher. So I'm gonna go with um, uh, with um, the marriage of uh, the characters getting married in in in, in this That's issue. A good one. You'll mm. never guess who gets where, or even I mean, never mind. You'll never marriage guess. It's like whether it's whether it's Scott and Jean or Peter mm-hmm. and MMJ, it's yeah. So that's that's one thing. That's a great one. Not on my list, but a great one for sure. Um, uh, my number ten was gimmick covers, uh, and I threw yep. them all together because they really were kind of only a thing for a few years, and like they went wild with it, you know. And to your point, Vince, like this was I, I this probably was a much would be much higher on the list if you started collecting in the late eighties, early nineties. But, you know, you had your polybag comics, your chromium cover comics, your die-cut comics, your hologram cover comics. And that was really all, what, like four or five years mostly, mainly during the lead-up to the to the bubble bursting. Um, it was know, during a time a of in, excess. Hmm? Yeah, it was during the yeah, time I of Yeah, I have excess. a bunch in my long boxes from that time. I, I shudder to think how many of those comics interiors were very good or, or the best of, <laughs> but, uh, for a while you couldn't escape it. Um, I guess probably the, the most, the, the most well-known poly bag comic was probably death of Superman, right? Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. 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 And probably followed by, uh, the X-Force. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, and I, 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 I literally have a stack of like 40 of those in my closet right now. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Cool. What I appreciated about the the X Force ones though was that the cards weren't turned around, so you could actually see if you were True. getting dupes. So you all got the five cards instead of you know just reading the back of a card and end up, hey, I got six cannonballs. Yeah. Yeah, and I know this is different, but I have to say, again, being a kid of the of of the eighties, I loved going to Toys R Us and then. At the checkout, they had the 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 poly bagged comics where it was like three comics in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Marvel and DC both had them, and I just grab them, and you never knew what you were going to get. That was but, the best uh, thing, not knowing was it what was in the middle. Yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah, yeah that goes back yeah. to the early seventies. I've got yeah, I mean, oh, I've got yeah. so yeah. many DC books from the fucking Whitman sampler. Oh right, there you go. yeah. And, yeah. But the the thing I loved about it was okay, you got Spider Man on the front. Uh, say X Men in the back. You didn't know it was in the middle, but when you opened it up and you, you checked out that book in the middle, it was usually something from an early collector standpoint that I had never read before. And I was like, "Whoa, this is..." Or the best thing was when it was cross company, when you got you know a gold key and uh, a Marvel and maybe a DC, and there was always one book in there that you'd never read before. It's like, "Oh, this is the best." Maybe the book sucked, maybe not, but that was the chance he took. And I, I love those bagged comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right, number nine. I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I, I didn't mean that to come off like I was. I got you. I got you, boo. Number nine. 
something that initially was very attractive to me and then as the years progressed not so much my number nine is the annual format i used to love so good damn i used to love annuals initially but then when they started to uh when they realized that they had a, a merchandising hook in continuing stories across annuals uh, then i i i kind of cooled on the, on the idea uh, and then initially annuals were usually the same or adjacent creative teams and then once marvel uh, expired those people they used annuals as a tryout book in a sense and then they weren't so great but initially i thought annuals were a really good idea and i loved the format yeah it's my number nine that's yeah, a good I, one. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, I, um, I, we've talked about annuals in general over the years, but I, I really, really appreciate the Dun and One annuals. Um, one of my favorites is uh, is a Marvel team up annual. Yes, which, um, which has Alpha Flight with Paul Neary art, but in the back, the the, the backup story, not even a backup story, but the second story, um, was actually penciled by. Um, Mazzucchelli, but it it was about this this couple sitting at home. He, the husband comes home from work, and they're watching the news uh, because the Avengers are fighting someone nearby, and they're in upstate New York, and and they're just the whole the whole story is just them glued to the TV, sitting down, having TV dinners, watching the news because they're both parts that this ordinary couple are, are, are fascinated and afraid at, at the same time. But um, annuals are great, and, and they can... It, the theme annuals, like Armageddon or elsewhere, I, I do appreciate when they do kind of have something special going on, as long as you don't have to fucking play Pokemon with. I don't want right. to catch yeah. every single annual to get the entire... I just, but hey, if there's a... If 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 you're giving me three Elseworlds Superman stories in the annuals, okay, that's cool. But I don't need to know that there's some overarching story going on, and I have to make sure I also get Teen Titans and everything else. So I just uh, it's but no annuals. I I really like annuals, and I there was a time where they sometimes they were also like tryout books because you never knew who was going to be drawing the annual because they were usually filler inventory stories, but you never know if that artist could um, end up becoming big. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I agree with both of you. I have to say my, this is definitely one that has waned for me. I don't, I, I go out of my way to not buy annuals now because I, I do feel like they're basically just fifth week events to meant to, fifth, fifth week comics meant to, to, take up space almost like inventory but back in the day man like and i guess because i was a marvel zombie and i I read all the marvel and nothing else i didn't mind that you had to buy all the titles because i was doing it anyway so like evolutionary war atlantis attacks uh stop (laughs) no no i was down for it man okay those but i mean let's be honest the format showcased some of the best work Ever, I mean, yeah. are, those Art Adams annuals, the the new mutants, yes. like shut up. Those yeah. things are are amazing, but they were definitely in the minority. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. When when Marvel started to group annuals thematically, like the street level annuals or yes, the, yeah, the, yeah. the all the Avengers, in yeah. One, then it, or it mutant books, and, yeah. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little too much. Um, but I think the format initially allowed creative teams to get a little bit more uh, experimental, a little bit more because there was really no. Uh, you couldn't fail. It was a done in one, usually, and you could mm-hmm. do whatever you want and have a lot of fun with the characters. So it was like, yeah, let's roll the windows down a little bit on this and, and just enjoy ourselves. Whereas in the in the ongoings, that was not allowed, right? There wasn't any room to be uh, creative or, well, I shouldn't say creative. There wasn't any room to explore to a certain extent because you didn't have the, the, the page count or the mm-hmm. opportunity, right? Whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, it is a good one. Uh, I did not have that on my list, um, but I did have uh, crossovers on my list. Whether it's they're not necessarily intercompany crossovers, but even just crossovers of uh, just the whole. You know, this story will continue in this issue, and and uh, to make sure that you know you may not already be buying. Uh, Nightwing, but since you picked up this issue of the Flash, if you want to read the rest of the story, now you have to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had crossovers as my number four, so I'm with you. Oh, see, don't jump ahead. Oh that, well, yeah, that's not good. It's a, no, if it's, no, no. If it's in the same tier, like if for number nine, okay, if okay. I had annual and Dap had annual. That's cool to see. I have it too. Uh, okay, but okay. no, don't jump. That's the. Uh, mm. All right, then I'll table my... my <laughs> Damn, that's someone got rules Damn, and I, shit. I, yeah, yeah, well, I learned from wow. the best. Yep, That's right, weird. yeah. No, I love it. Look at you being all forced with the rule structure. Look at you. Um, my number nine is digital services. Uh, you know, most notably Marvel Unlimited. Uh, DC uh, has its version, although that's that's been pretty amorphous and what it's like. Uh, you know, Comixology would be in that, but just... Obviously, the, the the comics companies have tried to reach new audiences by providing digital uh, comics, and, and I think they've also layered on the subscription model to that, so you pay one flat fee and you get access to lots and lots of the archives. And those of us that were with Marvel Unlimited at the beginning, it was pretty spotty and frustrating. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd often get like four issues of an arc, and then the fifth issue wouldn't be on there, and it was just maddening. But these days... Uh, both Marvel and DC, it's 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 pretty much like a universal jukebox. I mean, you 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 get, and I say pretty much because I'm sure that, but you get a lot of of the comics they've ever made. Now it's all been digitized, and there is a lot of value to it. I mean, certainly if you're new to comics or a younger reader uh, that's interested in the hobby, there really is no better value um, other than straight up piracy, <laughs> you know. And uh, in part, I think this they created these in, in an attempt to fight piracy as well. Um, so yeah, so digital 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 delivery is is my number nine. Cool. Remember, initially you said, "I bet you we have fifty percent overlap." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen with me anyway. Because <laughs> no, y'all, no, y'all are throwing yeah, yeah. yeah, y'all are throwing stuff out there that. Uh, I, I I didn't well, even consider. Didn't sell grit, dude. <laughs> it's <get> true. It. <laughs> well, also, like you said, you, you were you were thinking about things that you thought. Were cool. 
I was just yeah, thinking right, of things that I that I thought were like important. Dap destroyed me. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my number eight. Uh, it's it's in the same vein as number nine. My number eight is the miniseries. And again, it goes back to the 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 initial uh, launches of those uh, great miniseries we saw in the past. And then I think they, as publishers are wont to do, I think they they just squeezed all the life out of the miniseries, and then just it, it wasn't a special thing anymore. Like the who among us didn't get crazy when Nightcrawler got his own miniseries? Mm-hmm. That was a cause for celebration. Like, oh, this really is amazing, was. right? Or Iceman, or um, Hercules. Like those initial miniseries are great, and then it just wasn't special anymore. Like they were giving everybody a miniseries, right? And then mm-hmm. so it, the the gas, I, I think, like a Jack of Hearts. This right, Jack of Hearts was great. It, I mean, it, that is good, but I, I know what he's what he's what he's saying. It means like right. even the you know the the fourth and fifth tier characters were getting miniseries back then, uh, and I think the the peak of the excess w- was the uh, X Men corner of the Marvel universe. Like everybody was getting a miniseries. It was yeah, just, yeah. Ugh, stop. But the the format is it near Transformers, though. It's right, true. that's what I'm saying. Like the the initial Punisher. Yeah. Uh, miniseries and, and the Transformers. That was great stuff. Even the, the, the stuff that Marvel tried, like Animax or Sectars or uh, with DC, it was Masters of the Universe. Like those, the first salvo of, of miniseries I thought were great. And then it just got stale after a while as that it happens. So, uh, but I, I, I really, to this day, I really love the format because Again, it gives you the opportunity to try uh, a character or uh, a section of a universe that you you know maybe not haven't read or don't have much experience with, and usually would lead to me having to buy a lot of back issues, right? Because I discover a character that wow, this thing is great. So I have to now I have to do some backtracking and pick up every single appearance of this character ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's how it works yep uh, um, for number 8 I have uh, choose their fate aka call this number to kill all oh that's, that's a good one that's, that's a, a good, good one. one yeah damn I that thing uh, I, I initially reacted with disgust because I, I, I thought, well, allowing the readers to determine what happens to this character, that's preposterous. This is art. You should be, you're the creative people. You should be determining where this story goes. And that's your damn job. But then I thought, wow, you know what? I get it. This is kind of cool. It, 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 it just, it uh, injects the reader into the universe even more deeply, right? Because now you're part of the group that either chose to have this character live or, or die like that was i see it as something fun now but initially mm. i didn't i didn't think it was a good idea i didn't even read the co- those comics back then and i voted to call i voted to kill him <laughs> jeez that's cold <sighs> nah you know back at the shop i one of my buddies was like 
all about it. He was really, really trying to lobby. He was he was stumping for votes, and he's like, "Bro, you got to, you know, good. Gotta, we got to kill him." I'm like, "All right, whatever. It's cool. I don't care. I'll, I'll cast a vote." Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my number eight is uh, subscriptions, like the old school subscriptions. Wow. Yeah. You know. Um, and I, I, there was a short period where I did a lot of mail order subscriptions for Marvel books, uh, before mm-hmm. I discovered an LCS and then started just doing that on the regular. And, uh, so my memories of it are mainly as a, as a pretty young kid, but it was fun, man. Getting, you know, get back then getting mail was fun in general. Like, yeah, now it's like, Oh God damn, it's all junk. And why am I getting this? But back then it was fun getting mail and, and you'd, you'd get those envelopes, man. And the comics being there and it'd be, it just was exciting. It was, especially as a little kid. So, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't think they have subscriptions anymore. Do they? Like, I, I know that they did until very recently though. Like it was like one of those things where you still could do the mail order. Um, and Ma- also it was much cheaper back then. Like you get, it was a huge discount if you subscribe. Yeah. Right. Oh, Mario yeah. had a, a, a subscription to amazing Spider-Man for decades. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I only had one ever. You'll never Jerry. guess. No, you'll never guess. Spidey, Spidey super stories. It was the only wow. comic I, I ever, cause for some reason you couldn't find it on the mm-hmm. newsstands in my area. So, uh, I had um, I had Amazing Spider-Man, and I had um, my brother and I shared Uncanny X-Men, and he got Incredible Hulk. The thing about getting uh, the subscriptions from either Marvel or DC that really turned me off was I couldn't protect yeah. the comic. I I couldn't determine what the postman was going to do if he was going to roll it up or bend it or Mm -hmm. so I'm like because they all they did was ship it in a brown paper wrapper yeah and yeah I I I couldn't have that nope get that spine roll you love so much yeah no it's nails on a blackboard yeah so all right so where are we we're in number seven number seven yes okay uh this is I think the the one thing the publishers did to elevate comics as an art form uh it is uh you could probably guess it is the prestige format mm. I thought yes. that those first bunch of prestige books with the the square binding and the the beautiful hard well upscale paper cover like a cardstock cover sometimes uh, a little bit of spot varnish here or there, but not initially, but just um, a slicker, more uh, gallery-worthy presentation that said, hey, you can't roll this up and stick it in your back pocket. These are, this is really, this is art. Uh, the, 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 the regular ones are art, but this is just a different package to show you that these things, while produced for children and adolescents, really are art. Um, and I, I just, ever since the first prestige book, I, I don't even remember what it was. Um, I've loved that format. It's, it's a book, a, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, it really just is. missed my, I had it on my list and it didn't quite make the 10, but I, I, that's a good one. I didn't even think of it. That's fantastic. Um, number seven is, uh, where we're getting, I, I getting some of the cheesier ones now, new costume. It's just, oh, it's you know, good too. Fuck. Just some, I mean, usually, um, like, flip reminded me, that's usually just, um, 
design for Spider-Man since every like handful of issues he gets a new costume. But um, yeah, it's they, they'll announce it ahead of time usually, or at least on the cover. But that's anything to get people interested. That's an excellent one. Um, my number seven is something that has been both glorious and and holds great love in our hearts in some times and also the bane of my existence today and that is continuity reboots yeah. uh obviously it's now something that happens with such frequency that uh it's almost impossible to keep track back back because we're old heads it used to be quite the novel thing obviously crisis being probably the most noteworthy and purest form of it but uh you know, it's taken many forms since then. It's it's picked up in frequency. DC seemingly does a reboot every, what, three, five years now, it seems like. And and Marvel's not too far behind it, at least in certain pockets. Uh, I get why they do it. It seems to be effective. But it uh, I've just come 180 on it. I, I thought it was novel at first. Then I hated it completely. And now I'm sort of like, just tell me good stories. I, I don't, I don't. Don't don't worry about connecting all the dots. You know, if you want to, cool. If not, I'm fine with that too. Just give me a good story. Respect. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, my number six. I was sweating this. Uh, not putting it on my list, but sweating it because you guys were talking about cover uh, treatments early in this list, and I'm like, oh god, don't say it, don't say it. My number six is very, very specific. Um, I'm not generally a fan of crazy covers. Uh, wasn't a fan of the lenticular cover or the, the, the foil or the chrome, any of that bullshit. I hated when, when Marvel put the, the hologram uh, on the X-Men covers. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was cool at all. Uh, what else? Like a die cut cover does nothing for me. This, like I said, is a very particular cover enhancement that I think is the all-time greatest gimmick cover. Hands down. Man of Steel number 30. The, <laughs> the, the polybagged color form Superman versus Lobo cover was a stroke of genius. It will never be repeated. It is the one cover gimmick that actually enhances the book and doesn't detract from like it's not it's not flashy or um, it, it's utilitarian. There's a use for it. You can have fun with Superman beating the crap out of Lobo on the cover with the Daily Planet. It's like DC just should have stopped doing mm-hmm. fancy-ass covers after that because you've won. This is the greatest of all time. And I and I thought Dap would say it when you guys were talking about enhanced covers, but he didn't, so I'm glad. But um, And and I, it is my all-time favorite, and I stupidly sold it a long mm-hmm. time ago. And then my man Dap got me another one. There you go. So the, the cosmic forces have been realigned. And uh, now it will never leave my position until I die. So right. he corrected an old mistake that I made. But um, I just think it is the pinnacle of um, gimmicky. It is a gimmick. I get it. But at least it serves a purpose. And it was wonderfully done. 
as well. They didn't cut any corners. They had to have lost money on it because I, I can't see making a sheet of color forms or whatever DC called them um, to, well, avo- to avoid litigation. I can't see that being cheap. You know, They're called clings, or, but it was it was that was the direct market because the, the, there's I, I have the direct market in the newsstand version, which is just the standard sure no cover of right. Lobo, but um, yeah, they, they I'm, I'm sure I think there was an increase. I think maybe it was like a buck ninety five. Yeah, still it was negligible like, though, right? And, yeah, and I didn't I I didn't say it because I didn't want to take it from you. But how did you know it was going to be on my list? Come on. Right. But <laughs> but imagine on a Superman comic. Like, the Superman books sold pretty well then, not exceedingly well. Like, they weren't X-Men. They weren't Batman. But for Superman to get this is absolutely perfect. The only other comic I could ever see getting a treatment like this would be Amazing Spider-Man. Right? With the Daily Bugle, maybe the Sinister Six with Spidey. That would have been cool, but Marvel didn't think of it. Marvel didn't have the brains to do it. So... DC wins. The um, the only other time they did it was uh, was the World's Collide event between DC and, and Milestone. Right. I don't. I don't think I bought that. I'm pretty sure I didn't buy that. Um, I bought those issues. Then why didn't I get it? Was it in a special? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was the the number one issue for the event called the Rift. Um, Rift between worlds was the title of, of uh, on the cover, but it was it, it was the it was the one issue that was just for the event instead of spilling into everybody else's individual issues. Oh, well, yeah, I bought that book, so they must have had more than one version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had. Yeah. Well, I mean. When when Milestone started, they had three different versions of each first issue. Right. You had you had the newsstand, you had the direct market, with um, which is just the fancier cover, uh, or not foil, but a different ink, and then you had the one that was bagged with the poster and yeah. everything else. Those are the ones I got. Yeah. yeah. So that's my number six. Love it. Um, my number six to stay in line with the. Of course, factor is uh, to go along with the new costume, new character. Introducing a new character, you're never going to guess who's a summer brother or anything like that. So, um, any any announcement, anything on the cover blurb that would let you know uh, to stay tuned because something's going to happen. Some some character we're introducing um, in this issue uh, is one way to get. I mean, I, I I have no doubt it had me by. A comic or two back in the day when I was younger. Oh, it's and I think it's these days it's helps fuel the current speculator market, right? I mean, the they announced that punchline is going to be in this comic, and the next yeah. thing you know, you got you got fifty people waiting in line at the store to Ford opens to to buy the copies because they want to, you know, they think they're going to be worth something. First appearances, you know. That, so. I mean, you get it. It's you have you, you do have the people who kind of like in air quotes leak it so that the people can be there on Tuesday or Wednesday morning to buy the book or, and, uh, but in my mind, not that I think that's cheating or anything. Yes. Obviously if they want you to know about it so they can get you in there to buy, I mean, sadly they usually announce it after the final order cutoff. So you're still left with whatever the shop only gets. But, um, 
in my mind, I still think of the old days where it was after the fact and you got some guy in the back of uh, Comics Buyer's Guide with an ad letting you know when, you know, be on the lookout for this issue of Shadow Man because, you know, there's going to yep. be a new character. Yep. Master mm-hmm. Dark's going to finally... Sh- and it's like, you know, so... Aerosmith. It, yeah. yeah, who yes, is this masked... Yeah, who is this masked man? But it's yeah. already after the issue is out, and, of course, and now, thanks, Garib Shane, this is going to drag up the price. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it's the new characters are definitely there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I... Just taking a look here at Dap's list, I'm guessing my number six is going to show up on his list too. We'll see because Vince won't allow us to preempt. True. Uh, character deaths. Mm. To me, one of the the seminal gimmicks and had to be on the list because, uh, you know, one might argue that it's the gimmick that almost killed the comic industry with the death of Superman, right? Um, but I think for so long, characters never died. Every. It, the heroes didn't kill the the villains couldn't kill the heroes and so when we got those first few deaths like captain marvel which you guys had probably the most famous bullpen bulletins episode ever when they brought it back um, <laughs> you know they meant something because they were shocking we never saw we never saw deaths when we did they meant something because we assumed that was permanent how, how naive were we <laughs> right it was like oh my god this character that i loved is never coming back you know you're we could go down the list captain marvel gwen stacy there's a million of them but but as we discovered, uh, eventually, uh, it got to a point where there was no such thing as death. It meant nothing. Uh, every every character eventually came back, whether it be Phoenix or Bucky or Gwen. St- you know, they're all back. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So it got to the point where telling stories where a character dies felt dumb to a lot of us because it was like, oh well, okay. I mean, how long until they come back? And um, yeah, so so I feel like it it was it was a pretty effective uh, storytelling tool that definitely drew drove sales and interest back when it was pure of intent. But um, but as as with all things, over time it just lost all of its luster. Yeah, I remember giving Marvel the side eye early in the game. I don't know what issue of X Men it is, but it's the the one with the cover, the Sentinels blasting Wolverine, and it says, "In this issue, everybody dies." And I'm like, there's future past. And like, really? I I don't think that's yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So why? You know what I mean? Because it was the future. Yeah, but it it didn't. Okay. (laughs) Everybody dies. Don't fight it. Oh, we're on number five. You're up, baby. All right. Uh, This will not surprise Dap at all. My number five is letter columns. Love them. I, I have always loved them, uh, especially. I've loved seeing the recurring names, T.M. Maple. T.M. Maple. And, yeah, and, and the like. Um, I loved it when a book would start, and they would have a generic letter column title, and they had a contest within the letter column to pick, to, to, to choose the, the best letter column name from um, uh, the readers. I just love... Uh, again, coming from a person who started reading comics when there was no social network, the uh, social media, none of that existed. So all the information you got from comics was from either the comics themselves or uh, the fanzines, right? And uh, I just thought it was a neat little uh, insight into what other readers were thinking. And uh, to this day, I love letter columns. I'll read the letter column in Savage Dragon very often before I read the main story. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, it's an awesome one. I, I need to say it's not on my list because you all know I was never much of a litter column person, but I, I think in terms of overall historical importance, it's a very, very good one. Yep. Your reminder that uh, my name is in the letters column of uh, Todd's last Spider-Man issue. Nice. Wait, uh, so, so we all do we all have um, letter column pubs? Published? No, 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 I don't. I don't. Oh. No, it's not on my list. Um, oh, oh, no, I don't have it on my list. No, I thought you meant do I did I ever get inside of a letter? Column. No, that's what I meant. Did you ever get in, in, published in a in a comic? No, no. Mm. Sorry. What issue did you do? My claim to fame is being uh, published in an issue of Erie. I think it's 120. That's so on brand. Yeah. Uh, is, I, they spelled my name wrong, but I'm like, I, I, I was Mike Wazowski. Well, they, put I, <laughs> they, they fucked up my name pretty bad. And um, I'm like, and I showed my mom, I'm like, Mom, I'm in the Erie. And she's like, yeah, but they spelled your name wrong. I said, but I'm in the Erie. <laughs> totally Mike Wazowski. You're missing the point. Mom. Yeah, it's not. Who um, cares? It's me. And yeah, I'm yeah. in the Dark Horse um, archives, too. Because they reprinted the letter columns. Yes. Yep. Nicely done. Were you more? Were you a traditionalist? Were you a fan of the traditional letters pages, where you had the whole letter and then the name, or did you? Because like, I, depending on the context, like I, I liked what they did for Oso in in CBG, where they kind of, where they name and location, then the letter, and then of course Don or Maggie would would respond. Because Byrne took that approach in the next men letters column letters pages but um yeah i just no i got a traditional approach um meat of the letter followed by the name and address and then uh rebuttal if applicable by the creative team or the the editor whoever it was yeah now i don't i don't mess around with the format it's got to be letter address yeah 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 with you uh my number five is um, is Treasury Edition. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We have, uh, I mean, yes, that could also fall under the crossovers like Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman, Hulk. But um, you know, the first one, of course, was the Wizard of Oz cross con- cross company crossover, but. The Treasury Editions also let me read stories that uh, were available, like like the the Spider Man Treasury Edition I have, which was all mostly Marvel team up, older Marvel team up stories, and um, they're just thrown in this, this big ass version uh, with some fun and games included. There's also it, it's I believe it's how I read the first issue of GI Joe. I've had I have the standard size. I had the standard size issue. But I think the first time I actually read it was the oversized Treasury Edition version. Um, but yeah, I get a kick. I mean, I'll I'll look through them. I'll I'll thumb through them when we're uh, when we're at cons just to see if anything catches my eye or rekindles something. But um, yeah, and and that's that's a bygone era. I mean, yes, they're Marvel's messing around with the format for some of their projects. Not that they're the same size, but. Um, I, I like seeing the the larger gallery versions, but uh, it's it's kind of something that's um, of a bygone era that that that's not really conducive to today's market, I guess. I was going to say I feel like it's something that because it's so unusual now, it's a blast. Like when 
a lot of Pisker stuff was in treasury format. We had the Eric Larson Bible, was it Bible Tales or Bible Stories? What was that called? Yeah. That was most, I thought that, I felt like that was more of a magazine format, though. It says it, treasury. It was, published, it was published in two, two formats. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the old um, Golden Age format that they mm-hmm. used for a handful of books. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for that. I, I wish we got a little more. I, I, I wouldn't mind a little more of that. Silver uh, Surfer Black is perfect in that format. Yeah, there you yes. go. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Same thing with uh, the history of the Marvel Universe. Yep. Yeah. Um, my number five is trade paperback. Wow. Uh, it's the format that saved the industry. Yeah. Uh, there, there really was. You know, we had the the obviously the speculator bust and 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 uh i know it seems like a bygone time now but a lot of stores went out of business some estimates say as many as two thousand stores went out of business and uh marvel was facing bankruptcy times were tough and a whole new era of the direct market that is still thriving to this day is in no small part is because of the collected edition you know tr- uh, collected editions were rare for a long time they were they were like specialty novelty items and and then I don't know. I honestly don't know who gets the credit there. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's like Marvel or DC. Like I don't remember who really got it rolling. But it. But but needless to say, once once it everyone figured out it worked, every publisher did it, and it was not only a huge boon for the business for the businesses to to start being able to have inventory that they could be evergreen. But I know personally speaking. I wouldn't be here doing the show if it wasn't for that because, again, I, I was a 100% Marvel guy. And then when I got really back into buying a lot of comics, I just devoured tons and tons of trade paperbacks of all the old Vertigo stuff and 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 DC stuff and, and you know, old, other publishers and just, just would go to – hell, I would go to Midtown Comics every week and buy – just a shit ton of trades and just go through each, each aisle looking for, for stuff that people had talked up that I hadn't read and said, oh, I'm going to buy these trades and read them. And, and, uh, you know, I've since evolved from that. I don't, I don't really buy trades at all anymore because we've got digital comics to wet my whistle if I need to read it right then and there. And then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll buy a, a archival edition if it's good enough and, and they print it that way. But, but, uh, so I'm not into trades at all anymore, but I, 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 don't think there's been many things that the industry has done from a pers- format perspective that have had a bigger impact on the industry. And, and now, obviously, trade collected editions far outweigh single issues in terms of overall sales as well. So, yeah, my number five is trades. It's a good answer. It Thanks. Yep. What's your number four? Those who only recently started listening to this uh little shindig will be like who is this person because my top four are almost exclusively marvel it's crazy but like jason and david well yeah uh, i started off as a marvel fan mm-hmm. and uh, there have been things that marvel has done that have um, propelled me across 40 well at this yeah 45 plus years of of reading comics uh, I, I i will never forget them they made an indelible mark on me and i'm going to represent them here so my number four is the marvel crawl 
And if you don't know oh. what that means, uh, there was a time in Marvel's publishing history where they would put um, promotional blurbs on the bottom edges of their comics. Mm-hmm. When it, wherever a story page appeared, Marvel would put a little little sentence on the bottom. Um, Matt Murdock buys a boxed lunch. Will he pick the ham or turkey? Find out <laughs> in Daredevil number 110. And they were on facing pages, and I loved those things. Even though I didn't read many of the books at the time that they were promoting, I thought, wow, that's cool. I mean, it, it worked on me. It's, whoever came up with that idea, it worked because I'd be like, what is this Defenders thing? I need to check this out. And led me down another rabbit hole. So I, I absolutely love the Marvel Crawl. I think they should do it to this day. I think it would be really think, cool if they did it. But with full last, bleed artwork, it's kind of hard you know, to do it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it works with the gutters. Um, I think the last time I remember seeing it in a recent or modern comic was um, following or during... Um, I think it was during Secret Invasion. It was a Mighty Avengers issue. Uh, Bagley drew it, Bendis wrote it, and and they um, they did that. And they also included the uh, you know story continues on second page following. Oh, and that's cool too. Because yeah. they they did go back in in time, and um, it was a whole thing. Doctor Doctor Doom and, and and Iron Man had some pretty good quips back and forth, but um, that was the last time I remember seeing it on on a comic that cost more than two dollars. Right. Mm. Imagine it. Imagine belittling the intelligence of your readers to the point where you wouldn't feel confident that if they turned the page and saw an ad, that they didn't think it was part of the story. <laughs> like, isn't that insane? Right. Okay, the story continues on the second page following. Oh, look, Twinkies. How does this work into the story? Like, I don't get it. I have. I still see. I have eighteen pages left. The story is over. I right? didn't know. It was just. It's. Um, but at, but at least I mean, did did Marvel do what what DC did on some of their stories? Where if especially well, Marvel didn't do a lot of uh, multi didn't do a lot of anthology. Th- like you got an issue of Amazing Spider Man, it was it was one story, right? Story. Whereas with with in the Silver Age with DC, whether it's Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, whatever, you, you'd get more than one story in an issue, and if the story ended on a half a page the next the bottom half of the page were, were house ads and uh did did did, DC, did marvel ever do half page house ads like, uh, like i no i would almost no i would almost guarantee marvel never did a half page that's what i'm thinking yeah that was a dc thing yeah definitely uh but marvel cornered the market on finn the last panel wouldn't say the end it would say yes. Finn. That's like, Finn. I, as as a kid, I'm like, what the frig does Finn mean? What is that? <laughs> yeah, DC was weird with those half pages, man, and yeah. and it, it causes much consternation today with the with the, the with the archives and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does it just show a some random Jose or, Luis Garcia Lopez drawing or something? Or nothing. Like, yeah, they just leave it blank. Big old yeah. white space. Yeah. The Wooden Wisdom of Lobo. Uh, my number four is um, is I'm I'm combining the two. It's it's the death of slash return of a character. 
staple, really right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. We have, of course, you know, you've got the death of Superman, and and when things are announced, but um, well, like you said, Vince, everybody dies in this issue, but um, but the returns are also. I mean, I I, I was. I was a fool, and when because um, I was there when uh, as they were getting ready to kick off X Factor, and they brought Jean Grey back, and you know here's the issue of Fantastic Four that John Byrne is bringing her back in, and it's uh, the return of Jean Grey, and um, there's there's been plenty of I can think of plenty of covers where you know you see the return of dot dot dot, so mm-hmm. that's um, that's that's one that pretty much immediately came to mind when Vince came up with the idea. For sure, yeah. Yep. Um, well, and, and as I, uh, I guess, mistakenly uh, alluded a few answers ago, my number four is the crossover. Dick. For much of the same <laughs> reasons that Dap, uh, Dap spoke of. It's, it's uh, you know, and, and it really is, it, it, it's, it, it's still used to this day, I think, because it is a tool that does, it must still work, right? Like, they wouldn't continue to do it if it didn't work, at least to some degree, Um I know for me, back when they used to happen, it was neat and it would it would get me excited. Now it's a, it's dreadful and is pretty much saltpeter and often takes me out of a book. Will often get me to stop reading a book, um, frankly. But 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 yeah, they still do them. So I'm, I'm guessing that uh, I must be in the minority in the way that I react to them. Yeah. Although there are times where well, you're talking about within the company. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, because I, well, I was thinking of um, uh, one of the more recent ones that was really neat to see, um, but it was also a really good story with with some pretty cool art. Was um, Black Hammer Justice League? But there are. Oh yeah, no, even, that was I mean, fun. You know, yeah, that's and, true. That was fun. And, and you've mm-hmm. got the IDW with the Green Lantern, Star Trek, or Legion of Superheroes, and Star Trek. Um, you guys really dug the uh, what was it the the. The Jade, the not the Jade, the Freddie Williams joint. Uh, oh, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Turtles, yeah. Th- that, those are great books. Yeah. And they did. I mean, aside from the many that they did, drawn by Freddie, they also had the uh, the all age version with the Batman animated series version and and uh, the cartoon Turtles. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's but no, that'd be crossovers. What and. And hell, my favorite book of the year was was called Crossover, so I guess I can't be totally anti-crossover. But that is a little different, right? That's yeah. That is a little different. Idea, I'll give it. Yeah. yeah, I remember I, back in the day. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. When I, I'm, I was never a fan of crossovers. I liked it when it was a footnote, like if you were reading Amazing Spider-Man and Thor would fly by in the distance and spider-man would say oh it's that thor guy he must be doing something with the avengers like that was cool to me because it it expanded the universe mm-hmm. but right. when you had a character meeting another character for the entirety of the book i i was never a fan of that but then when marvel did marvel team up and marvel two and one i was like okay i'll allow it but uh prior to that the only team up i ever rubber stamped was Peter and Johnny with Spider-Man oh, and the Human Torch. That was fine. They could they could have had an entire series with Spider-Man and, and Human Torch. I'd be like, yeah, this is it's perfect. It's natural. It sh- <laughs> it should be. But where, and if it was like the Hulk and Doctor Strange, I'd be like, no man, no, uh-uh. not having this. Nope. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this to me. Um, 
the uh, it was I, I what what bothered me um, and and I don't know if I referenced this in in the previous video, but it, it's I found out after the fact that um, so in this in the January previews the DC Connect the issue of I'm, I'm already getting Superman Son of Kal-El we know this and and the 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 issue in the January Connect is part two of a uh of a story that part one takes place in the previous version of nightwing so if i had known that i, I would have had to put nightwing on my dc december order i found out after the fact that it it, it bothers me that they couldn't time foul the, yeah uh, i call the, foul the, right but you know but that is but that's and and yes because it is nightwing and i'm i'm enjoying what i've read so far of Taylor and, and Redondo stuff and and it just I can I can swing an issue of Nightwing to find out what the hell how the story starts off that I'm going to finish in a series I'm already getting but yeah they're there I'm I'm keen on crossovers I'm, I'm okay with them and and you know even if this isn't on my list but even like events like uh the death of Doctor Strange or the whole Shadow War thing that's happening in in the Batman and Deathstroke books it I if they don't get too stupid with with the amount of books, then right, um, it's easily abused. Yeah, yes, uh, very easily abused. Yeah, I I mean, it's funny you bring up the Nightwing because, as I think you know, I mentioned that I mean, Nightwing was my my superhero book of the year, and mm-hmm. the and and it almost didn't get that honor because of the two Fear State issues, and oh. it's not it's not because of the Fear State issues were necessarily bad, but it's just that. It was a different artist. It was literally like stuff is happening in the book every month, and it's great. And then it's a completely different scenario. Like he, yeah. like he's in Bloodhaven, in every other issue, and then for those two issues, he's in Gotham, and he's in the middle of this huge battle and all that. And it's like, I mean, I get it. Again, I understand why they do it. It clearly must work. But for me, it's like I don't want to read this. Like I'm not yeah. reading the rest of Fear State. I have no interest in this. Same thing with. With Daredevil, uh, you know, I I thought Zdarsky's Daredevil was much more good than bad, but on several occasions, as as is, the, I mean, not that he could avoid it, it it got pulled into an event. Most notably, the the whole Fakakta Null fucking symbiote bullshit, which went on for years, yeah. and like out of, all of a sudden now he's turning into a symbiote and he's got all these other characters, and it's like I, I like. Now you're telling me this gripping street level story that you've been building for 15 issues, and now you're all symbiotes. And I again, I, I empathize because in most cases, unless you're at the top of the the creative heap, you don't have a choice. The, the editors say, "Hey, we're doing an event. You got to work this into your story." So they do it. So I'm not even blaming the writers for it. But for me, as a reader, it's like, "Ugh, come on, man! Like, let's get back to why I was enjoying this book in the first place." Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Are you number three, Vincenzo? Okay. Um, I think Dap will allow this. It's a it's a tie. Oh no. (laughs) No, I mean, but they're joined. They're the same thing. Only two different publishers. Okay. So uh, my number three is giant size slash one hundred pagers. The Marvel giant size oh, books. Oh yeah, that's allowed. That or the, or the DC one hundred pages. To this day, I'm still tracking down those DC hundred page books. I I, I thought um, even though a lot of the content were reprints, especially 
Well, in both cases, there were a lot of reprints. But is a reprint bad if you've never encountered it before, right? So that was, I mean, as a kid, I just thought, wow, I'm getting a ton of comics for 50 cents. Yeah, maybe it was double the price of a regular book, but the size was not double. It was more. And uh, Squarebound, a ton of different characters that I had never read. Um, The Detective 100 pages are amazing. Um, the Legion one's great. All the Superman ones are good. Adventure's wonderful, but the giant size format, oh man, I love the the uh, the the um, angle of the stripe on the corner of the 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 cover, and then the Marvel Comics group horizontal going across. I just think it was a beautiful design. Uh, I, I I'm a sucker for giant size books and and hundred pagers. So that's my number three. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, you for you, you're the hundred pages, and I I I need those DC dollar books, those those dollar comics from the late seventies, early yeah, days. yeah. That's I, that, that, I, it's my jam. That I I was growing out of it by that point because I'm a little bit older than you. So I mean, the hundred pages, I was still a kid when those were coming right. out. So your hundred pages, the dollar books, that's your version of the 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 DC hundred pages for me. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, 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 that's a great one. Um, yeah, and I didn't even think that putting the, um, the dollar comics on my list, because obviously that was that, that's one hell of a way to get, I mean, you're getting the dollar books, whether it's world's finest, Superman family, Batman, family, yeah. you're getting so many stories at their anthologies. It's probably, mm-hmm. it, it, it helped string along my love of anthologies and world's finest i mean where else am i gonna i can read stories about the uh the original vigilante who fucking rode the motorcycle dressed like a cowboy I right you know they, there's just i it, it they're just and the art was you had don newton on captain marvel uh shazam you had i mean you've you've, you've had some really good art i, I just not like those damn books yeah but, the um on the covers of the hunter pagers nick cardi did a lot of them yeah and from that first exposure to his work like I, i've always been a nick cardi fan those covers are amazing and they're just little isolated story beats right and it's it's a montage cover or you know one big uh horizontal and then followed by maybe three little square-ish uh vignettes i just thought wow i'm getting a ton of crap with this look at this it's beautiful but from a publishing standpoint Almost all of the stories in those books were reprints. And maybe yeah. the maybe the lead story wasn't, but then right. pretty much everything after was. Uh, I didn't care as a kid because it was all new to me. Yep. Totally get it. Yeah. Uh, my number three is one we've already heard before. It's uh, trading card slash polybag. Ah, uh, yes. It, yeah. So it, it, it's. Um, and we already talked about the trading cards. or talked about the poly bags. There really isn't anything more to elaborate on that. <laughs> how, <laughs> how big is, is your stack of cards? Because I still have them all. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't have... Yeah, I don't... I mean, I've got just whatever I still might have poly bagged still. But, yeah, I don't... Um, Anything loose? I don't think I have anymore. I have all the wizard ones. Like I don't throw anything away. Maybe I should. I had the wizard ones for the longest time. Yeah. I might still. 
Yeah, because they had the they, they had the, hollow, they, they had the the foil. Mm. Yeah, the prismatic foil border. Yeah, yeah. silly, <laughs> but shiny things. I mean, we bought pogs. We'd buy anything back then. Uh, let's yeah. not go with crazy with the Wii. Say, let's not, uh, let's <laughs> say with the Wii white boy. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I never bought a pog in my life. But. <laughs> um, my number three is new number one issues. Renumbering ah, hmm. uh, was yeah. verboten for a long time. Yeah, still verboten and, and, and vilified. <laughs> no, well, right. I'm saying, but, but. But also, like with many of these things, like the first few times it was done, it was super effective because it was novel. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, I'm not talking about like liking it. I'm saying in terms of it, it definitely generated sales and buzz. Yeah, you know, uh, um, like X Men. Like you know, I mean, there's we could, there's, but but and then you had the books like your Detective or your Batman or your Action that just never renumbered Fantastic Four. It was like oh, and and then for the most part, like they've all given in. Almost all, right? So, um, and now it's to the point where they they pretty much treat a lot of ongoing titles as uh, volumes now, right? And so any chance they get, whether it's a change of the, of the writer or some status quo coming out of an event, they give you a new number one. And uh, then they, when it's convenient, they will throw the old numbering on to say, hey, it's an anniversary issue, isn't that cool? But, um, you know, and this is one where I think I, I don't I, I don't really have, like, strong feelings about it either way. Like, I've just kind of accepted that that's the status quo now. This kind of falls into the idea of what I was saying earlier. Just give me good stories. So I, I don't I don't I don't get excited for a number one and I don't recoil at it. I just if you draw me in because of of the, the premise and the character and who's writing the book and who's drawing it, then then. I'll buy it if it's issue 178 or I'll buy it if it's issue one. Like, perfect example, Nightwing didn't renumber when Tom Taylor took over, but I'm not alone in jumping on that book, right? It was it was way up in the best of list on lots of, lots of other sites, including our own. And it's just because, hey, the buzz was good. Like, hey, Tom Taylor's right, and it's a good story. So didn't matter that it started with, like, issue 76 or whatever it was, you know? Right. We just, we found it. But that being said... It wouldn't have been illogical for for DC to say, "Hey, Nightwing number one, Dom Taylor's got a new," t-. you know, that would have been fine too. I, I would have tried it. That I would have tried that too. So I don't really. Ha- I'm not like I'm pretty ambivalent about it, but I do think it's a tool that they have used, and they've used it so much. I don't know that it has as much effect now as as it did when they did it at first. Right. I'm I'm not ambivalent at all. I I think Marvel's legacy numbering is ridiculous. <laughs> you, you you can't have it both ways. You, you, yeah. renum- you renumbered the book, and, and the fact that you're now going to have a, a super giant size anniversary 700 issue after you renumbered the book two or three times before? No, you can't. You can't do that. It's, 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 not, it's not kosher, right? I mean, I've never for, forgiven Marvel for renumbering Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. They never, mm-hmm. ever, never should have done that. Right. But that's just, that's just the old man speaking. Right, but I there's something about. Look, I mean, I know, I when we all started, it's you didn't get too many. Like, there was no Uncanny X Men number one when Jason got into the mutants. Uh, eventually, yes, there was the adjectiveless X Men, but uh, 
with me with Fantastic Four, I was reading in 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 the the two hundred. Same thing with with Spidey. It was right around one ninety eight. So yeah. there were no Avengers, real first thing. issues. I think one ninety eight's a Gil Kane cover, isn't it? With the tombstone, isn't that one ninety eight? Two hundred is Pollard. Um, but anyway, it would have been ironic so, if that was your first um, amazing issue. But it, it's it, I I I enjoy seeing I, I enjoy seeing the bigger numbers. It's it, I mean I get I get why we do get first issues and new number ones, but I just there's there's something about knowing a, a book has been going on for so long. Yes, obviously there are times where you're going to go from Justice League of America, and then when Legends ends you get just justly because it is a completely new direction a new team this that and the other that that, that's fine it's going to feel different but when oliver queen died and connor hawk took over they didn't renumber relaunch green arrow until that series just ended because of of low numbers that that's fine when green arrow came back thanks to kevin smith and phil and andy we had that running until 70-something, even though you had um, one year later in there somewhere, which they probably could have, you know, relaunched with a new number one at that point. They did for some other books. But it, it's, I just, yeah, I, it, it's, I'm an old man uh, as far as numbering goes. I, I'd rather see the, I, I'd rather see books in, with, 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 in the three digits. On their cover, yeah, that, but that's. I, I my only pushback in that is that we've we've just come to accept it, though, right? Like you're not going to not like it's not like you're going to not read, right? Yeah. These books ever again because of it. It's just annoying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know you you mentioning Nightwing just made me think of something like Green Arrow. It, it's just yeah, there are there are some instances where um, it's it's absolute. I it yeah I I don't. It's neat to know that you know issue 68 or 70 or whatever is is a, a new a new beginning and a new jumping on point and without worrying about running out to to get a first issue but anyway mm-hmm. uh speaking of um my number two is the announcement of a new creative team it's uh, there's there's been plenty of times where whether it, you get a new first issue or just, you know, or, or John Romita Jr. joining Uncanny X-Men with number 175 or um, Ron Friends and Joe Rubenstein taking over the art on Amazing Spider-Man with, with 252. It's like we're just, this is, we're getting, uh, well, in that sense, I guess, DeFalco started writing. But it, it's, you know, I, it, there are times where, People look at if, if someone's been enjoying what a creative team has been doing. When a new creative team is announced, that's when you're like, "All right, well, I'm out." Now's a good time to leave, without giving the new creative team a chance. Um, but I, I, I am willing to give them a chance if I've already been enjoying the book. But um, there have been plenty of times where I'll whether it's a headline or an article or something or, or in the previews or even on the cover where, or, or I'm sorry, the, the last page of the previous issue where they're letting you know, uh, like a new creative team is coming on, like with the defenders, um, that'll, that they're open is going to spark new life into the book. 
Did I miss Vince's number two? No. Did you? Shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my bad. Oh, good. No, good. Let's wow. see you stole it from him, which would be funny. It's okay. I can stick it in. You're up. What is it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Number two. Marvel value stamps. Ah. Yeah, I went crazy it. over these things. Uh, they even brought it back. Absolutely insane. I uh, stupidly would cut a lot of them out. <laughs> what did we know? And uh, paste them in this little makeshift book that I had. But um, And I have since rebought those issues just to get the stamps uh, <laughs> on, the, on the letters pages. But yeah, uh, bonkers. And it was such a neat idea that they, they served no purpose at all. They were just a, a neat way of saying, uh, this issue contains a Black Widow stamp. Um, if you want to find that thing stamp, well, good hunting. And I, I thought it was a genius idea. Uh, amounting to nothing other than, you know, having the satisfaction of knowing that you had all the Marvel value stamps. Like, okay, that and, you know, a dollar will get you downtown on a bus. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then when they did the the uh, horizontal ones, the rectangular ones, the, oh, that that made an image. You had to you know find the the various pieces of the image. Yeah, real smart. And and but ultimately amounting to nothing other than making your fans chase <laughs> your, your titles. But I thought it was a neat idea. Loved it. You know, loved it. You know who did the art on the uh, most recent ones? Uh, who? Mike McComb. Nice. And when you yeah, say really sharp too. when when you say most recent, like when? Um, when uh, shortly after, because um, I have the Black Panther issue, uh, there, a handful of years ago, after um, right shortly before um, Coates put T'Challa in space. During that run, oh okay, I remember the Black Panther issue uh, had one. So yeah, it was it was it was just a few years ago. Nice, awesome. My number two is the event, the dreaded event. Yeah, used to be amazing, fun idea. We we're like, oh my, all these characters that we love and care about are all going to be battling something together. Like wow, but. Uh, it just became this thing, this perpetual engine where, you know, got to have one each year, got to do the event. And it just, it, it just, I'm not going to say that there haven't been events I've enjoyed. Uh, there have been, uh, definitely, but they are few and far between. And um, I feel like it's one of those things where even the, the creators who do them dread them. Uh, we've, we've heard lots of former, lots of, 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 Marvel and DC writers who have gotten to that point in their career where they're tapped, it's your turn, you get to helm an event, and years later they say it was an absolute pain in the ass, I hated it. But I had to because it was my moment. Uh, so, I, much like some of my other, I get why they do it, they keep doing it, so I guess it must work well enough that their metrics say keep doing it, but I uh, I, I am more than fine with 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 them not giving us as many events so that maybe someday they'll it'll the next event will feel important again because we won't have had one in a while yep it's amazing uh the number of novelties that publishers employ to get us to read their books that 
just completely turned me away. Yeah, right. We well, how, what's that saying? It's like, oh, it's it's not a jumping on point; it's a jumping off point. Right. But that's right. That, and and what I think they miscalculated on for a while was that we were all such addicts to the to the continuity that we we couldn't fathom breaking our streaks or our runs. But then, slowly but surely, with increasing prices and all of these other shenanigans, it became easier and easier. So, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk away from that one. Right um, now, now that now that's a bit of an old complaint because certainly I think the industry, like we've talked about a few weeks ago, is in in, in great shape now. It really is. So they've kind of gotten past that, and I think the way they have is that just the, the the old heads like us have just been completely broken of that cycle. But there's lots and lots of other readers now that have come into the into the to the hobby that that are just different types of readers from Jump. So some of them are into events, some of them don't care, and it's fine. But enough, there's enough old heads that still care that we buy them, and then we complain about them. But they don't care as long as we buy them. Like we can buy them and complain, right? Like I have to say, like I have read most every Marvel event, even though I bitch about most of them, you know? Because I'm like, well, I got to read it just in case, and then it's like, oh, why did I read that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, cosine. Yep. All right. All so right, I number guess one, the number this, one to rule them all. This is it. Um, this completely overshadows everything on my list. It is the uh, the format that um, I would uh, cast aside the regular size comics uh, in favor of this format, without question. The only thing that challenged this format for me were the black and white magazines. Creepy, eerie, the Marvel stuff. Like I would buy those first. But if there was one of these on the newsstand, I had a little bit of deciding to do. Uh, my number one, and it's been mentioned before, is the Treasury Edition. Aww. I just adore that format. Um, and again, it was a way, it was an insight into uh, stories that I had never read before. Not only um, a glimpse into this unknown world, but at a massive size, too. So uh, I, I, they look great on a book uh, shelf. They they were durable. Um, you miss those Star Wars issues? Well, <laughs> you can have all three of them in this giant form. I was like, yes, please. Even though I bought them in in floppy form, I bought those damn Star Wars treasuries. I, I Marvel. I bought every treasury that I can get my hands on. DC. I was a little more picky because DC would do strange things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or um, you know stuff I was was out of my age bracket like All-Star not All-Star Squadron but um, you know the the Golden Age stuff um, mm -hmm. at the time Shazam what the hell is this I don't want to read this but now as an adult I'm like well you should have been reading that because they're great comics but um, the the 3D diorama that DC had on the back of theirs, where you can cut out that little window thing and bend it and put the 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 cutout of the hero behind it, like that was awesome. I'm I'm down with this. Uh, and and I I kind of poo pooed them, but my very first uh, Treasury edition slash collector's edition was from DC, and it was Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the one with the blue, the one with the mm. blue the blue cover one, not the green, the blue. And I was like, this is awesome it's giant and it has puzzles in it and massive comics and where can i get more and then i saw the amazing spider-man one and i was hooked uh, and the pinnacle i think of the trades was what dap said 
um, Superman, Amazing Spider-Man. Never got better than that. That was yeah. it. It was done. Yeah. I mean, Superman versus Muhammad Ali is neat and all. But... Oh, it's fun, yeah. But nothing takes the place of that Superman, Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. It's just a masterpiece. True is it, though? Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> but at the time, it was. $2 for a comic? Are you kidding yep. me? And we all ponied up for it. Yep. Big time. Yep. Uh, my number one um, ain't uh, nothing fancier. Oh, that's surprising. I just thought it was neat to line up with being number one is um, new number ones, or actually the slash um, the dot one, the point one issues that are just you know the fillers till the next issue, but. Um, but those number ones, they publishers figure uh, it's going to get the people into the shops, going to um, boost those sales for those for those titles that had been going on for years and are in the three hundreds and four hundreds, and we got to get people buying them again. So um, it's 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 the one thing that just I think of when it comes time to. Um, boosting sales or getting people back into the shops to to keep buying the books mm-hmm. nice uh can't believe that uh this is the first this is getting mentioned because it was the first thing that i wrote down when vince threw out the cat the idea of this chat and i think in terms of importance it's far and away the the number one thing but i also think that the reason it's not on either of your lists and uh, is that you joined me in having absolutely zero point zero interest in it personally, um, and that is the variant cover. Yep. Uh, I, I we're all well on record. Uh, none of us are driven by variants, if much at all. I mean, I'm I'm zero point zero percent. I think Vince, you are the same. I know Dap occasionally will grab a variant if it strikes his fancy, but not not for any other reason. And it's like he has he has a choice of two different covers, and he picks the one he likes better at the store, which is totally fine. Um, but the variant cover in terms of like the way Vince posed the question in terms of gimmicks or tricks that the industry does to juice sales, it is the very definition of it. Um, I don't think when uh, a, a comic you both probably talked about a uh, hundred times last year, the uh, Man of Steel, back in 86 when they came out with the first ever variant cover for Man of Steel number one, I don't think anyone would have thought that it would become what it is where there are now routinely 5, 10, 15, 20 variant covers for comics. And not not just like Batman, but like indie comics that have like... Now people literally launch Kickstarters and, you know, they, they have four variant covers for their Kickstarter because it'll help sales. And um, while none of us transact in this, uh, it's if, if, any, if anyone listening is a retailer or knows a retailer, they will tell you that um, variant covers keep them alive. Not that they want it to, but they keep them alive. There are, there are just so, so much of the industry sales is built on this auspice of these variant covers now and stores order more issues than they would for the stand so that they can get the variants and then sell them for markups and, uh, and people spend ungodly amounts to, for those variants. And then they try and flip them or they collect them. And it, it is a, massive massive part of the economic engine of comics and i don't 
I don't get mad at it because it literally like doesn't affect me. I don't have to buy variants, so I don't. And at the same point in time, if all of the shenanigans they go through to goose sales come from variants, I, I figure it's like a good thing, right? Because it keeps these comics on the shelves that we want to read. So like I, I'm all for it, man. As long as it doesn't affect me. Like y'all do, you live your best lives. Go 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 crazy for those variant covers. And uh, if it helps keep more comics on the shelves that I want to read, then I'm happy about it. But yeah, I, I have to say, like the variants of all of the ones we've talked about, it feels like it's the one that's only gotten more and more important as time has gone on, and seemingly hasn't lost its effectiveness. Like all these other things that we've mentioned have largely been diluted in their impact, but variant covers are more important than they've ever been. Um, as much as you know, I'm surprised by that. It's just the way it is, and so. That was my choice for the top spot. My number eleven was gimmick covers slash variant covers, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 right there with you. I know that they they I mean we've we've seen it's these at least with Marvel you can you know you get your standard cover or you have a Scotty cover or you have a hidden gem cover and they're usually almost always the same price regardless of the cover. DC lately has their their standard cover, and then their variant is usually on a cardstock cover that they're going to charge a dollar more for. Um, yeah, yeah, but even Marvel, I mean, there are tons of of, of of variants that are done for stores. Yes, yeah. You know? I mean, I mean hell, Scotty, Tony. Scotty sells... Talk about Scotty, of course, he always figures out a way to make a buck. He, he sells Scotty Young variant covers exclusive that are exclusive to his website now. Yes, for, for yeah, Marvel Comics, it's like, yeah. and and I know Tony drew uh, LCS edition covers for Stray Dogs. Yeah, and yeah. I, it, it does. Yes, I mean that's the. I've I've ordered things from DCBS that I've I've ordered Godzilla comics that have had a DCBS exclusive cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's it's you get this, and, and yes, of course you have the ones that you know, like you get one out of every 25 or you know if if your shop bought 100 copies of this book back in june of 88 then they're eligible to get maybe one yeah exactly so it it could be fun like like i know that we've had like sometimes when you get those anniversary issues and there have been times when you could order like uh, you know it was uh, was action comics right you could order like the 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 30s variant or the 40s variant like that's fun like as long as it's not any different price like i'm for it like where I get to pick the cover and, and it's just the same price, just a different diamond code. Like, that's cool. Like, but yeah, man, it's amazing to me that people will, I mean, the guys at challengers in Chicago, they're very anti-variant, but they got involved in this thing with, um, the Matt Kent Keanu Reeves berserker book. They, they ordered a $1,500 variant because it was fully returnable and sold it like the second that they put it on this, on the shelf. So, like Jason and and David, I I don't care about variant covers. If if you have the money, more power to you if you want to do that. But I always wonder when you see the really rare variants, like one in a hundred or one in two fifty, and it's coming from a company like a, like Valiant, right? Where do those books go? Because to fulfill the the qualifications of the one in a hundred, a hundred books have to be purchased to get that issue. Yeah, right? it, it, they just, so, they go in the in the bins, you know. Like, and that's crazy to me. 
That is, that's that's yeah. the part of the variant cover that I really don't agree with because it's just waste, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're expending a natural resource, which is uh, paper, wood, right? And, and then it's just languishing in a box somewhere. Nobody wants it, right? Uh, by and large, meaning that the smaller publishers with those massively rare comics, chances are real good that those issues are not going to get sold. And yet, there they are, just taking up space. I mean, look at Boundless, right? I mean, Boundless puts out, what, like, eight variants for every one of their porn comics, right? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have the, they have the, like, the, the main cover, and then they have the nude version, and then the really explicit version, and then the nude explicit version, right? It's like... Yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah. again... It's 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 your money. You do what you want with it. I, I naturally, I don't think there's any value in it at all. I will pick and choose uh, with my dynamite books among the regular covers. I don't traipse out of the 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 rarity bracket. Like I don't go into the one of twenty five or one of. I don't care if I have a, a choice between um, Linsner or Jay Lee. Like okay, that's. That's a problem because I don't know which one I'm going to get more often than not. But to pay more for a book, like there's some uh, variants when you look at the DCBS list, they're like thirty, forty, fifty dollars for a book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, well, that's and just they're crazy. that price because of what you were just saying, right? Again, if 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 Christine, if they need to order a hundred copies, then they just say, okay, well, if you want that variant, you got to pay what it's going to cost us to order those hundred copies. Right, right. Which is, yeah. hey, I get it. Um, cool but uh that yeah that's the thing about it like like i know some people get like super fired up and i'm like i don't get mad at it dog because it's not like it affects me negatively like i'm not i i mean sure comics are always going up in price but i don't i don't have to pay more for my comic because it's a variant because you want a variant cover so if y'all want to spend a hundred dollars for a gabriel doll auto cover that isn't the same as the one that i'm buying off the shelf hey man like you do you like because that's another hundred bucks in marvel's coffers that allow them to keep publishing that that comic so all right like cool right you know so let's recap let's recap the list uh vince's list number 10 catch them all coupons number nine annuals number eight the miniseries number seven prestige format comics Number six, the Man of Steel number 30 gimmick cover. Number five, letters columns. Number four, the Marvel Crawl. Number three, giant size and 100-page giant issues. Number two, Marvel value stamps and numero uno treasury editions. For the king, number 10, marriages. Number nine, crossovers. Eight, choose your fate, like, should we kill? Should we? Should we kill uh, Jason Todd or not? Uh, number seven, new costumes. Number six, new character introductions. Number five, treasury editions. Number four, deaths and the return of characters. Number three, polybag slash trading card comics. Number two, the introduction of new creative teams. And very fittingly, number one is number ones, like re- renumberings. Uh, for myself, number ten gimmick covers of the 90s number nine digital delivery number eight subscriptions number seven continuity reboots number six deaths 
uh, five trade paperbacks, four the crossover, three number ones, two event comics, and not my choice for the top spot was the variant cover. Nice. Very good idea, Vince. A Thank list you. that we hadn't ever done before. And uh, I got to say, I am so pleasantly surprised at how little overlap there was. I really figured we would uh, we would have a lot more overlap than that. So it made for a much richer conversation that we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's because Vince kept the real gist or impetus for his list to himself. I, I didn't know <laughs> that we were, you know, going with this is what got me into it or or you know, memories of, of days gone by, but it, it absolutely fits. It's great. I love it. Well, Jason went um, very, as expected, very logical with his list, even though he doesn't like crossovers and variant covers, he factored mm-hmm. them highly in his list mm-hmm. because, yes, they do drive readers to buy more books. I went very personal with mine. Yes. So, I mean, there's no right, right. road yeah. to take. If you said the 10 that we, we care about or love the most, it would be a much different list. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Hey, we hope you like this little special episode. It was fun. Um, remember. Titan right. It's right and right. If you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door. Only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com the books you want at the price you want to pay. From IDW, Godzilla vs. Power Rangers, number one of five, will cost you $1.99. From Image, it's Zombies vs. Robots Classic, one of four, again, $1.99. And from Seven Seas, it's The Witches, Complete Collection Omnibus, $20 cover price, no siree, Bob, you're going to pay $13.99. That's 30% off. I have to thank our friend and patron, Pete, for alerting me to the existence of this book, because before he made the Slack post um, highlighting it, I had no idea it even existed. It's from Nobrow. Nice. And it was uh, written and illustrated by Sam Bosma. Now, um... Sam didn't have anything in the Cry Punch anthology, but he damn sure should have, because his his uh, visual voice is very very similar to the artist that appeared in Cry Punch. Um, this is called Fantasy Sports Volume One, and uh, it's the tale of a uh, young magic user named Wizkid. And uh, when the book opens, there's uh, uh, this this uh, giant building called the United and Ancient Orders of Mages. And Wizkid goes to this archmage, this Madame Archmage, and uh, they're not happy with the current arrangement. Uh, Wizkid is a, is a apprentice. Uh, they're just learning the ropes, uh, and the the mage with which they're paired, a giant, hulking dude by the name of Mean Mug. It's not working out. And um, Wizkid petitions the Archmage to reassign them. I I want somebody else. Um, Little did they know, Mean Mug also had an appointment with the Archmage to be reassigned. 
Um, and the, the, the archmage is like, no, no, shut the hell up. Go do your thing. I'm not splitting you up. Just go learn to live with you, with each other. You both have your strong points. Go out there and just do what you're supposed to do, and that's gather um, magic artifacts. And that's what they do. They go to this um, temple-like structure, and uh, there's a little bit of a puzzle to get in. I won't spoil it, uh, but they do get in, and they encounter uh, a creepy-ass-looking mage with three eyes called He of the Giant Steps. Um, long story short, if they want his treasure, they have to beat him in a game of basketball. <laughs> yeah. And the arena within this temple is teeming with the animated skeletal remains of everyone who have tried and failed to get his treasure. There's skeletons all in the, in the 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 bleachers, and they're all woo, they're all cheering for the archmage mm-hmm. or the 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 um, he of the giant steps, and it's basically a game of basketball. Now you know me; I'm not a sports fan. I could not care less about team sports um this book the word that jason would use i'm sure it was delightful on every level it, it was amazing um the the two characters that couldn't work together because mean mug is is very impulsive fiery temper quick to anger um but whiz kid likes to finesse likes to fine-tune it and think um and it was just great. Uh, it, it's it's basically a game. It's in the title. It's a game of basketball in a fantasy setting played by by magic users. And I thought it was amazing. It's kinetic as hell. Uh, there's a, a nice little twist at the end, and it's in a a, a storybook format. It's it's a hardcover with spot varnish, and the uh, the binding has a cloth wrap. A little tiny cloth wrap on it. Uh, it's just, I thought it was amazing. And I learned that there's three volumes of this series. So while I've read the first, I have uh, now bought volumes two and three because it's that freaking good. Nice. And and in the wake of reading this, I'm thinking, man, you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. No Brow was a great publisher. Yeah. and And now they are, unfortunately, no more. And it's it's. Wait, it's, what do you mean they're no more? I don't think No Brow's publishing anymore. Yeah, they are. Really? Yeah, they just launched a new imprint a couple months ago called Twenty Seven. Well, then what am I? Th- is- oh, I'm thinking of Koyama. Yes. No, oh. Koyama. Yeah, mm. I always confuse those two. My bad. Yeah. So yeah, great. No Brow's still doing it. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, but if you see it, get it. It like I said, it's an oversized. Um, it, it looks like a a. a it's it's in the uh, extended children's book style, but it's it's comics. Uh, end papers are illustrated with characters and bric-a-brac from the story. It's just an amazing presentation. Full color. It's awesome. You should get this. Love it. Yeah. Um, but it's a little... It, it's it's There's an age range for this book. But, uh, if I mean, if you got the kitties, I would um, maybe take a look through the book before you bought it. Because there's a little, especially on the last page, there's a little bit of violence in the book that maybe you may not want 
your kids to read. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. it's not anything we haven't seen in a cartoon, especially on like you know Nickelodeon or or Cartoon Network. I mean, it's 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 kind of bloody, but not really. You, you need to see it before. Yeah, uh, you just decide. But I thought it was a phenomenal book. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. And I just have a thank you before I go, uh, Christopher Burton. Thank you, my man. That's it. Uh, in your travels, um, I'll go with um, this funky little trade paperback. I know Jason talked about the mini when it was being released from Dark Horse uh, last year, um, but uh, or end of, of 2020, maybe when it started. But um, Spy Island, a Bermuda Triangle mystery uh, by... Um, Chelsea Kane and uh, basically the um, the Maneaters team, but it, it's uh, it's Chelsea Kane and uh, Leah Matunique, um along with uh, Elise McCall and Michelle Rosenberg. This was I'm glad I didn't uh, read the singles. I really appreciated the um the packaging on the trade they uh the front and back cover are made up to look like uh almost like a travel brochure and inside the issue uh and i'm sure some of these were also in in the singles but there um there are drink recipes there's a map of the island there's all these little um pages containing letters and and correspondence and um pieces of information from the travel bureau and, and the tourist agencies. But the, the story is that, um, the Island, it, yes, there are some tourists, but for the most part, everybody, uh, the people who live on the Island are spies, uh, our main character, Nora Freud, um, no relation. Um, she has a sister who is a, uh, Marine cryptozoologist, and uh there have been some mermaid attacks and that's when sis gets involved but the way things play out it it's 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 funny in a lot of spots but just the um nothing seems to be out of bounds or hard to believe as as you continue to read the story you know it, it, there's there are mimes, there are uh, sand fleas, there, there's just every little thing that happens in the book, you just kind of go along with because, yeah, it, it, it makes sense in this world. But it was, it, it's a, um, it's an absolute joy. I think it's a, uh, as I said, I think the trade is a fantastic presentation for it. Uh, everything you need is right here. Um, it It's just really really well done there's um there are uh there's a bit of a murder mystery but the uh the characters are all just really easy to follow everybody's got a unique look the 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 art's solid because you know it, it there are a lot of characters here and it would be very easy um for a lazier artist to kind of just go without detailing too many faces or kind of making people look the same um 
that's not the case here. The coloring pops because it, it feels like a period piece. It, it, it feels like the story could take place uh, in the mid to late 60s, early 70s. The, a lot of the outfits are kind of um, reminiscent of that era. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's there's a lot of little little things throughout the entire book where um, whether you're looking at the legends for the island and then to see, you know, where the yogurt hut is compared to um, where, you know, Mermaid the we used to be the main beach is now Memorial Beach because of an accident that happened, an event, uh, a situation that happened on site. Um, I just felt I, I spent a lot of time kind of just pouring over uh, some of the pages here. The covers are all been great. They uh, they show you the different variants. And speaking of our variant covers from before, but uh, every issue had two covers. The third, the first issue has three, but. Uh, so you see each cover in the back of the book. I thought it was a really solid package. Um, the uh, what's what's neat is that um, Nora's uh, word balloons. Her 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 speech is all in um, upper and lower case, kind of the way Warren Ellis has his books written, whereas everybody else is speaking in all caps. So when you get the narration, you know when Nora is speaking because you get all, all the caption boxes are in the uh, mixed case. So there's no confusion as to someone else maybe talking over her or, or, or telling her story. Uh, sort of little tricks like that that, uh, that kind of reinforce the well-thought-out-ness of... of uh, of the book of the story. Um, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. If, uh, you didn't read the singles, if you didn't, uh, pick up the trade, I definitely would recommend it. Um, cause even, even, even the back where next to the barcode, it's got the book book now through, and, and there's a, a faux stamp of a travel agency with the, it. It's just, I thought it was, they really had fun with the whole, um, trade format of, uh, of the story. So in your travels, check out spy Island. I'm so glad you liked it. Oh, I had so much fun with it. Cause yeah, I'd this, be like, this, oh, I'm, I'm keeping it. This is not going to care package. All right. Nice. Good. Yay. Um, in your travels, check out decorum by mm. Jonathan Hickman and Mike Huddleston. Uh, I know we're all big Mike Huddleston fans. Um, this is a book that was super duper hyped and being a Hickman acolyte, I was stoked for it. Got the first issue, read it, was pretty overwhelmed by it and thought, ah, okay, uh, I'm going to need to let this build up and then read it in one fell swoop. Uh, the first eight issues wrapped up the first major arc. I recently received the beautiful hardcover of those first eight issues sat down read it and it's funny because in this case i'm going to say that i think hickman is a victim of his own tropes what i mean by that is the first issue is very typical hickman in terms of you've got the data porn right like the the with the with with the pie charts and the grids and the and and the 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 the, the little 
indicia and the notes about you know and, and and it's world building and it's it's cool but i think if you read that first issue you're thinking holy shit this is going to be an 80 issue super complex story that i'm like i'm not sure i'm ready for and then when you read the first eight issues in the arc in the hardcover in one fell swoop it's it's such a, a simple straightforward story that I think he almost put up like walls that that precluded people from just diving into a very, very, I would say, one of his most straightforward stories that he's ever written. Um, because once you peel back those first few pages and like a lot of that stuff was just just fluff. It's not really germane to 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 what you're going to read thereafter. Uh, it, it's it's essentially it's 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 a, a a universe where there are thousands upon thousands of planets. So any science fiction fan, we're all very familiar with that with that setting. Um, there is a uh, machine-based robotic uh, church that has kind of become the the new rulers of the empire, if you will. Um, they're led by a a emperor named Rochi, uh, and he he's like the pope. He, he this robot speaks directly to God, who is also a construct. He's a he's a a machine, a, a supercomputer, and they are trying to find an egg that has some kind of of being in it and destroy it. And at first, we have no idea why. Uh, op, like apropos of, of aside from that, there's that's one story. Then on the other side, there's there's a young woman named Neha Norisud. She is a courier for a bunch of um, like uh, you know. Uh, black market tradespeople to make her living. She's doing this because she needs to get money to keep her family alive. Uh, they they have a an illness that have forced them into like cryo sleep until you they, until you can afford to cure them. And it's in this in this universe, it's like impossible to afford that. So she's almost like putting them on layaway, you know, paying to keep them in suspended animation until she can someday hope to hopefully cure them. Um, and she has to deliver a package for them. And when she goes to deliver the package, as she's doing so, uh, this woman named Imogen Smith Morley, who's on the cover of the first issue, uh, also is at this meeting and she kills everybody except for Neha. And it turns out that Imogen is an assassin and one of the, if not the best assassins in this universe. And she also happens to be like, um, like uh the like miss manners she's she's beautifully dressed beautifully quaffed and she's extremely polite and uh that's her gimmick like her gimmick is she's just always polite even when she's wiping you off the face of 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 the of the universe um but imogen doesn't kill neha she takes her under her wing and brings her to her her crew of assassins called the sisterhood of man. And basically Neha gets trained up to be one of these assassins along with uh, three other uh, characters who are like non-humanoid, but very cool and well-designed. And and you just basically watch them get trained up and then go on a mission. And over, over the course of the eight issues, they're, they're becoming assassins and learning about them inter eventually intersects with this, this giant, uh, uh, empire of 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 religious robots wanting this egg and and they all basically come to blows over 
this being inside of this egg and uh everyone takes a side and there's a huge battle and and uh and a, and a resolution and and it was like super duper straightforward and i i think that uh like i said i think i think hickman didn't do himself any favors with the way he set up that first issue because i know a lot of people were mystified and put it down and never went back but the real the real treasure here is 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 huddleston I mean, the dude has always been amazingly talented, but he is on a completely different level in this book. It is so orthogonal that it's almost impossible to describe. But on if you have the book open with two pages, you might see in one panel rough, almost penciled outlines of a character, and that's it with no color, no background. And then in the next leading into the next part of the page is this incredibly vibrant, fully painted, fully rendered painting of an image. And, and he, he, he plays with the entire spectrum of, 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 uh, media and finishes from rough to completely rendered, uh, like with absolute abandon. And like, it's, it almost looks like it's like, you're looking at someone who's, who's, kind of just letting their imagination run wild and sketching and painting and almost in a fever dream. But then when you read it all, it all makes sense. It's all, it, it is a sequential narrative linear story, but uh, I mean, Huddleston's on something. I don't know what he's on, but it's magic. And I don't know anyone else in the business these days that can do what he does in this way. Uh, and bluntly, I don't know that I've ever seen Huddleston do this before, uh, at least to such an extreme level. I can only imagine how long it took him to, to, to to create this book. And uh, there is more coming, at least supposedly, like allegedly we're getting more decorum. Um, I say allegedly because I know that they're on to other things like they're doing that Substack comic and they have a deal in place to do other comics. So I, I don't know if we're going to get more decorum uh, anytime soon. They say that we will, but uh, even if we don't, I think that this first collection was, was, was up there with anything else Sickman's ever done uh, in no small part because of Huddleston. So, you know, y'all can, Check it out if you're looking for a, a good sci-fi romp, um, and uh, you know I definitely think it's 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 a book that should have gotten more applause and praise last year, but uh, Hickman got in his own way. Did you read this before you did your um, eleven of classicers or no? I didn't. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I read it. I read it yesterday. Uh, no, I didn't. And and I don't know that it would have displaced my like my pick, but. Uh, but it certainly was was very good, and and I like I said, the first issue almost lost me. I, I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't, this is like I gotta I gotta be of a certain mind and focus if I want to, because you know sometimes that's you know it's like that with Hickman. He 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 builds these these he's so detail driven, and and certainly I think his most successful stuff has been the longer form efforts where he can really make all of these things pay off over time. And I thought that's what we were getting into with this one. And I thought, oh, man, I just don't know if I'm into another kind of like what's the existential meaning of life book. But uh, that's not what this is. So kudos to him. Right. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, Huddleston has always been great, but I don't know that I've ever seen him stretch himself in this way. It's draining. I mean, I'm sure he expended a lot of energy on this. He just can't flip from from fully painted to rough expressionistic lines and and flat color and then do something totally different in the third panel like it's it's just mind-boggling i'd love to know i i don't i don't 
I'm sure some of our listeners maybe do know this. I don't know how he did this. If it's mainly digital, if it's if it's some stuff rendered physically and then digital stuff on top of it, I I, I presume that's the more likely outcome, right? Like he 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 put some of it down traditionally and then he imports it and then does digital stuff to it. I assume. Would you think that? I mean, you're the guy that would probably have the biggest. Uh, from what I've seen, it it looks like a mixture of. Uh... Traditional and digital, yeah, yeah. Especially, heard, especially the more more painterly images. But I yeah, don't know. I haven't had had heard anything about like the pages being available, but I suspect it'd be one of the things where, like, if you were to buy the page, it wouldn't look at all like the finished product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another reason to buy the book. Hmm. Yep. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for being here with us. If you want more of the 11 o'clock thing, go to Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. If you're looking to download more of this, you just stumbled upon this haphazardly. I don't see how can, that can happen, but you never know. Go to uh, Spotify, Podchaser, Podcast Pickle, wherever. Pod. Yeah, it, this thing is all over the place. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon. So make the boy happy and say goodnight. I can tell you three mainstream series that, well, not mainstream, but three long-running comic book series that have never been renumbered. Spawn, Savage Dragon, and Gold Digger. All of them. Uh, well, Spawn is over 300, but all of them are very, very close to 300 issues. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean. So, David, oh. so it's crazy. Right. Yep. Doopy 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 doop bop bop bop. And I can tell you, every other title has always it's already been renumbered. Yeah, it kind of killed me when they renumbered Action. Right? Yeah. Fuck. Kind of killed me. Stake in the heart. Uh, Pour one out. I get it. Batman. Eh, Detective Comics. Whatever. Action, you don't mess with action. No. I think that that would have been the one. Like, if I had to pick between Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, which one not to renumber, I would definitely side with Fantastic Four. Leave it. It was the the first. Leave it as it is. Uh, Same thing with action. It, it's it's the, the, the cornerstone. It's the foundation of everything on which you've built. Don't renumber it. People are smart. They'll get the idea that, you know, it, whatever. It's just, that's uh, some of the... I mean, that's... It's why... What's another reason why I love going through the bins? Because, you know, oh, here's issue number 68. and Or, or here's issue 312. It, it's, it's like... I don't when I when, when when I would find older Superman issues from the silver or bronze age, it's like just because the book has been going on for so long, it's like I I'm coming across things I've never seen before, and now it, obviously, well, covers aren't as exciting as they used to be, but they it it's that's for sure it's, it's very easy to see to find to come across a cover that you've seen so many times elsewhere whether it was in promotional materials or hanging up in the shop or something like that but i mean you know just some rando june 1969 cover of a dc book that i may not have ever seen before i and he 
that shit up blowing through the bins. It, it's such a superficial uh, concern that uh, issue numbers factor into to readership. And I know they do, right? Renumbering to number one works for uh, in a lot of instances, but there are some things that should be untouched. And action and and Fantastic Four and and you know for the Batman fans I'll go along with Batman and Detective you shouldn't have messed with those because mm-hmm. wh- what periodical these days lasts to over a thousand issues like that's insane yep let it get, let's have some some pride in our publishing legacy you know yeah I don't know but that's again no argument there we're we're of a certain age where stuff like that. Uh, matters to us that the the kids coming into the hobby or the, the you know the guys that have been reading for twenty or thirty years they don't really or twenty years they don't care and and hey to each his own to we will own. we'll see you in a couple days people we love you thank you for being here with us and uh, say good night boys peace out y'all good night y'all that's it for that one. <laughs>